0: This is
1: Entertaining the Light with Amanda Beck and Whitney Ann Jenkins where we discuss and challenge the starving artist archetype.
0: So, we are back to talk about the four P's of creativity. Sounds, uh...
1: Four P's it's a philosophy a framework to further define creativity
0: this framework of creativity the four pieces of creativity was created by mel rhodes and he was reviewing over 40 different definitions of creativity and he wasn't satisfied with them much like us so he came up with the framework and i i i think it's helpful um the four P's of creativity to help understand better the different parts of, because creativity, let's be honest, there's no one definition. I think it, it's an expansive topic, um, but I think this one is particularly, this framework is particularly helpful when we're talking about being an artist. So four P's are person, process, product, uh, press, which is environment. And products. Yes.
1: So the person, obviously, represents the person that is in the center of the examination of creativity. So the person is whom is acting as a vessel Mm. and who is receiving information from something or somewhere or is inspired enough to begin an action
2: to create a process. Yeah, absolutely. This is really where
0: it's so individual. I think it's, I was talking with someone recently too about just acting and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of paradoxical, right? Because you go into acting and you're okay. You're supposed to be another person, but in that being another person, you're finding different parts of yourself that you're integrating as I've always pictured it as like a wall of of dials like little radio dials and like for a part it's like I have all these different things within me that we kind of all have within within us universally for the human experience but for a different part I'm just turning up or down different parts of me so there's still me it's still my essence and that's why no one nobody will play a role the same way and why I don't think we should be trying to play a role, you know, any certain way, but bring our essence uh, into it. And you're showing yourself in each part that you play, even though it's guided.
1: Yeah, I think that also can relate to the archetypes that Jungian introduces in that we have all of the archetypes within us. Like we're not just one archetype, but all of the archetypes collectively live within us
0: it's kind of like people have always said you know just be yourself like that's what's gonna make you attractive and like I'm just like but I don't know what that means but I think it's also can be misguided to think that we have to be one thing and that's where that's definitely something I've struggled with being multi-passionate and like the way that we define ourselves here is like by what we do as an actor, it's like you you realize that you have all these different parts. like I'm I find parts of myself that I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that that part of me exists, but that's like that's me. And I think I wanted to share this because this is something from a psychologist by the name of Robert Bosnak. and he he talks about multiple personality disorder. And I think it's really it's really fascinating to think about as an actor because I think we can think about we can think about that we have all these different parts to us, but I'll read you the thing, and then we can. This is from an an article by uh, Philip Bromberg, and it's uh, called On Being One's Dream, which is he's reflecting on Robert Bosnack's embodied imagination work. He says, a multiplicity of subjectivities is the norm, not the pathology. From this perspective, the main task of imaginal work is to let the variety of selves be aware of one another by networking them through the craft of imagination. In this model, a person with a multiple personality disorder is one who does not fathom the multiplicity of embodied imagination and so is condemned to live out each self, oblivious to the simultaneous coexistence of of dormant other selves. So.
1: (laughs) So much here because we're talking about a person within creativity or this model that we're talking about, this framework.
2: Yeah. And you're talking about acting and how it allows
1: you to explore and even meet layers of yourself that you weren't aware of otherwise. Right. And at the same time, as a performer,
2: In order to present yourself to the world, you have to brand yourself. Mm. So you're discovering all of these
1: layers, multi-dimensions of yourself as a creative. And then you're required to focus on only some aspects of yourself in order Create a character type or a brand for yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. And yeah, then like step out of the actual craft of it and into this, this world, this business side of it that brand yourself and have this presence and show up in this certain way and show up in this certain light and hide other parts of yourself. So the person
1: in this model or in framework and what that represents is Dependent on the final product of what is being put out.
2: Mm. Like how you're. Like the end goal of the
1: creativity, the creative products that you're trying to achieve in this framework, because it goes from a specific person and the process and the press but in order to inform all of those things you have to know where you're going to end up
0: yeah that makes total sense because you're you're choosing which parts of yourself in, in in this framework and going with what he said you're having to piece together even even to make a character yeah like what is the end product like what is this character and then finding yourself in there channeling and and rearranging and and integrating you know these different parts of ourselves um, into that that's so I never thought of it that way before too that like you have to have an awareness of the product first
1: final product, which as a an artist and a performing artist, if you're working for a company and you have like an end goal, right you have something that you're aiming to achieve for a final product like say you you are a person (laughs) and you go to an audition and you book a role and so you are this character and then you go into rehearsals and that's the process of this creativity this creative endeavor Mm. and that process is shaped by the environment or (laughs) does the environment shape the process?
0: Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So in the environment, so in this framework, it's called PRESS, which I'm still trying to figure out what that means, but (laughs) I always just put little like, that means environment. So, yeah. Creative press. Um, this is one, I think, man, we have so much to, to dive in with, with press because of what we've talked about for so long, um, which is a lot about, you know, boundaries and, in, in a lot of different contexts, but environment and feeling safe and how, like there's so, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs>
1: right. Right. So to take like safety out of it and just
2: go along with the steps you're a person
1: (laughs) and you book a role and a show and so you go into the rehearsal process and like the filming process or the staging process or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. i think that depends on the environment the press so depending on if it's tv or film if it's classical music or you're going on the tour in a rock band, that's going to change the creative process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like you're speaking in terms of like, what is the environment in the first place? You know, are you performing on a stage? Are you performing on a set? Are you performing in a band? Um. Yeah. I didn't even think of that, <laughs> like that definitely affects how to, cause even if you're, you know, you're an artist. And um, I mean, like for me, I like to participate in, you know, experience, you know, many forms of different arts, um, but I have the most experience with acting and writing. And like those two things, it's, it's an interesting thing in and of itself because I see so many similarities, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, if I'm writing, um it's an entirely different environment which is pretty much just made up of my own environment and I can I can pretty much control that but and even the even the context of environment within within the writing like I I pretty much I have complete control over that but as an acting like there's a lot less that I have control over um in the environment
1: yeah and it also depends on the medium of what you're acting in too, because on stage it's much different than being on set and the opportunity to like remain in character for a longer period without being interrupted on stage is far greater than being on a set where you do one scene and then you like break for like three hours because they have to set up the new lighting thing right <laughs> and then like not only do you have that break but it's a scene from a completely different area of the script that doesn't even
0: right exactly
1: so their creative processes are so different for
0: but yet i would also say that they're like they're both very different and very similar in different ways Um, (laughs) I'm finding a lot of no, like I'm finding a lot when I'm like, you know, writing, and I'm like, oh my god, like I'm using the same process that I'm acting, even though it's an entirely different experience, and it is a different process. But then at the same time, there's some universality in all of it, right? Do you do you experience that, like with your, I mean, like songwriting versus acting versus? So for me.
1: Like songwriting is probably when I most feel like I'm connected to some source. Mm. And I'm just being a, a vessel or a channel. And so when I write a song, it just kind of comes to me and I get it out as fast as I can.
2: <laughs> so I don't.
1: Yeah. Worry. And so that is kind of like an inspired action so this idea comes to me and I have to get it out and so that process is kind of one that can't be specifically replicated each time because it is coming from an inspired place if that makes sense
0: right well I would this is what I've had uh trouble with because I think there are definitely techniques that can guide you in that way but I I never feel like there's a very specific like I am for sure getting to this place if I do these things like it definitely feels like I mean the closest I get to that is when I can somehow get out of my head which again there's different variables that you know make that possible or harder um but yeah, with acting, because I think, too, I, I also feel like with writing, I can get into a very, like, I can get into a very flow state, probably, probably more often than I feel with acting. But I feel like with acting, I'm learning more. And maybe some of this has come from, like, doing a technique for so long, and now it's kind of just become, like, automatic. But but now I feel like I have to not focus so much on uh It's just what I, it's not focused so much on that and and get out of my head um, because I can sort of access it from a place where I don't have to understand everything that I'm doing. I just am. You don't have to
1: digest every step that you're making. It's just automatic to you. Yeah. You've done it so much. Right. So you're not thinking about it
0: yeah and I think so this is something I I don't know a lot about this yet but this whole idea this Robert Bosnick's embodied imagination thing um that I learned about only like um last year and he he works with actors and we have a professor that she she walked us through this yeah I would say like guided imagery guided imagery yeah so using these techniques from this embodied imagination and it really it really hit me like as an actor because it wasn't about acting this specifically it was just a it was just an exercise to kind of go through it and see um, because this is also used for like you know healing and Ill- illnesses and addictions and whatnot um so it was for me it was just this being able to access this experience rather than like psychologically you know, dissecting and working out who this character is. And again, it wasn't for acting, but, you know, she she walked us through this, yeah, this like guided imagery to go back to, you know, a memory or an experience or a dream. And so what came up for me was a dream, like a, a dream that I've had multiple times and this and this other, You're you're meant to embody something else outside of you whether it's a person an animal a thing you're meant to sort of in this you know meditative state go and embody you know uh, something outside of you and it was just it it was really made me think differently about acting because i going through that i could just all of a sudden all of these feelings and stuff like overcame me and it wasn't at any part of it wasn't an intellectual and I just was like I don't know where those feelings came from so now I feel like it's helped me to kind of go into that like it does feel like a a better access to flow of being like I can step in and step out
1: yeah so what it did was it allowed you to experience something within a process that was a different perspective yeah yeah than what you were used to but there were enough similarities there that the process was kind of the same but different enough that it allowed you to see it from a different viewpoint
0: yeah I think and what she says that you know he talks about is this whole different viewpoint it's it's they call it like getting out of habitual consciousness so Mm. that that essentially, what you're saying, like you're experiencing it from a different perspective, and that alone can be healing. I think, as an actor, too, it can be a. Yeah, I don't want to say like, this is a. I want to say a saner way, but just a, a like a less painful way or a less way of being in your head, uh, a potential way to be like, oh, there are like, I don't have to have had this experience to be able to kind of tap into this these feelings does that make sense it's well, it, your imagination right <laughs> yeah imagine it, exactly it's imbi- I mean that's what it is embodied imagination yeah
1: you were able to remove yourself from being so close to something by, by allowing yourself to go to a similar space but to not be so personally attached to something that has already happened so because it sounds like because I experienced that exercise too and it's very similar to like uh, a guided meditation or a, a hypnosis right And so it takes you to that place where you are reliving a memory but taking you outside of it so that you're by it, but you're not in it.
0: Yeah, that's a really. Uh, you made me think of too when you're like, okay, getting, you're when you're so close to it, like you're you're kind of taking away that because I think it can be really hard to do this work as an artist when you're so close to something. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. because when you're uh, using an experience or a memory that is really raw and it's still fresh you aren't able to see the full picture because you're in it and you can't see it without being in it
0: right and again this is this is i i really am interested in learning more about this approach just because it is um psychologically based and you know it is used with intentions for psychological, you know, healing. Um, and again, because I I just had this conversation with someone recently where it's like, you know, somebody is telling them, you know, go to this, think about this, you know, this like, this thing that just happened that was very, you know, dark and and you know, think about how that felt. And this person was just like, I don't want to. <laughs> like I did, I've I've been thinking about it all week it's just happened like I don't I don't want like I'm way too close to it to want to use it in my work so that can again get to a not super safe place by being too close to it and using it in your work
1: yeah but also not allowing yourself to have a full perspective of the situation and emotional spectrum of, of what actually was happening right
0: right
1: um, this also reminds me, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist's way at all, but um, oh, uh, yes. there's an exercise where you're supposed to take yourself on like a creativity date and yeah. like, what you take yourself to is supposed to be like a form of art that is not the medium that you are used to. Mm. Are so it's still like an artistic expression and form, but it's from a different perspective. And it yeah. helps get out of your head.
0: That's really good to bring up because I think that's kind of what we were talking about before too, is like getting, you know, that's why it's like when we're talking about training and whatnot and um, in the uh, creativity episode, I think that's kind of where I also see it again is like there is value to like I this is what I've been thinking lately too I I, I want to explore other acting classes and and technique I mean there's so much out there you can learn from but I also get this feeling to where I'm like I kind of also just want to like take a break from that part of it and go take dance classes and you know singing lessons and and just go go experience life in different ways because I do think even even in this in research in psychological research I have I feel like I have become a better artist and I've had a different perspective that has helped me
1: yeah that kind of like reminds me of like football players who are assigned to go to like a ballet class or something (laughs) yeah they'll be in like the physicality of what they're doing but to look at it from a different angle
0: yeah, it's that it is it's that getting out of habitual consciousness and and whatever, and even when I'm feeling like, you know, depressed or anxious or stuck. Um, just I have to remember that I have to be like, OK, go go to a restaurant you've never been before or go, you know, go for a walk, go somewhere you haven't, you know, just do something different because we think we get into this stuck way of thinking and we think that that's the only you know way whatever it is we're dealing with and by experiencing it from a different perspective it just opens up everything
1: yeah i also think within process it might be important to discuss discipline yeah when it comes to a specific craft or art form or a technique um and how to maintain that discipline and uh, what motivation
2: really is? Mm. Yeah. Like, what is that thing that's inside of you that is
1: driving you to keep continuing to do what you're doing?
0: Ooh. Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but But that's
1: because because, like motivation can only take you so far until you feel unmotivated
0: that makes me think about you know going back to the inner child again because when I when I question myself as far as like am I am I doing this for you know am I am I trying to be something and I'm not going to be successful at it or am I am I doing this for the right reason? Or am I, you know, I'm just having doubts or fears or whatnot. And then I look back at myself when I was little and throughout the course of my life, I'm like, this hasn't changed. Like I've always loved this. Um, And I think that's the thing where when we talk about being connected to desire, right? Because desire is, where did that come from? Like that's, it's in you for a reason. But then you might have like, I I suppose more temporary, like, desires that, you know, don't always, like, have you keep that motivation, but then the things that are really a part of your, like, life's purpose, I do feel like, although sometimes I can feel unmotivated, like, the the fire for it doesn't ever go out, Does that, if that makes sense?
2: Yes, it does. Sometimes. Sometimes,
1: Yeah, sometimes like you need to find something to stoke the fire a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, but it's there always.
2: And I also think there's things that like, to
0: to to clarify, if you're not feeling highly motivated to do something, it doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean you're not meant to be doing it because there's other things that can like put a... Uh, I don't want to say put out the fire because I really believe there'll at least still always be a spark there and you have, yeah, you find ways to like, yeah, like, uh, to kindle it, but, but there's things definitely that can damper, you know, put a damper on it. Um, which is why we're talking about this because we don't want to, uh, we want to take away all those things that we can. Well,
1: especially when you, bring the press the environment into the conversation of the process
0: yeah yeah
1: um and we look at the world that we're living in right now and certain expectations that are put upon us to be in this world and survive
2: that might damper our fire And
1: by dampening that fire, it can bring challenges and things such as depression, which cause us to feel unmotivated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of a vicious cycle.
1: Uh But that's why something like discipline is so important. Right because discipline is connected to that spark within us and the purpose of
2: that thing within us that is keeping us going
0: yeah i i look at it too as like making little commitments to myself because sometimes i mean there's definitely things where i think you have to get comfortable with yourself and like, is this really for me or not? One of my old acting coaches would say, you know, is this a full body yes? Which I think is a cool way to look at it. Um, however, sometimes it is, and we just think that there's so many obstacles that it's really, really hard to like stick with it. So I think like the idea of discipline is a really good, it's a really important point. And I had to like start off just doing things to build self-trust with myself that were really, really small and seemingly unrelated. Um, but even just like, um, doing doing a you know a, a ten minute exercise each day or you know what I, you know or smaller things like there's the you know to build oh I can keep a promise to myself I can keep a commitment because you're gonna need that when you get the your fire gets dampened you know.
1: Yes, because that is connected to self trust. Yeah, if you don't follow through on the commitments that you make to yourself then you can no longer trust yourself and if you can't trust yourself
0: then who can you trust yep and that's um my my acting teacher actually that's one of the first things that he he said I remember he's like that's the hardest thing to get actors to do is to trust themselves
2: right and when you think about the environment
1: And the processes that happen within those environments, then self-trust becomes a really important thing because the
2: environment can be so variable, right, that especially in the performing
1: arts where you have to really be aligned with yourself to know whether you're okay with something that's being asked of you
2: yeah
1: alignment with you or not to really understand the boundaries that you've made for yourself and understand that those boundaries can change from environment to environment
0: Right, and when when things are chaotic like that around you, and you know there are, I mean, especially in acting, I mean, there's so many different experiences. Whether we're talking about the actual art of it or the different environments, you know, you can be in. Um, I think it's important. It, I mean, it's 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 vital that we have self trust because that's we're wired to protect ourselves from pain. We're wired. our bodies know we're safe when things are are habitual. So it's like, how do we create that for ourselves so that we can feel safe enough to go to these different places, have these different experiences, and access the creative part of us, the flow state that we so very much need to be artists in the first place. <laughs>
1: Right, and how do we hold ourselves accountable to the commitments to keep and honor the boundaries that we've put in place for ourselves when it can be very seductive
2: to pretend that you don't have them Mm. in order to get to a place or impress
1: someone right you know what I mean
0: yeah absolutely it's it's navigating it's just it's becoming more and more clear to me that navigating the actual craft of being um an actor or an artist but you know navigating the 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 craft of being an actor and navigating how to be that how to how to have a career out of that and navigating the business side of it it's like the total opposite (laughs) it's the opposite
1: yeah I just uh I just decided that I want to add another p into this oh okay Because if we're talking about creativity, I think it's really important.
2: And that P is presence. Oh, yeah.
0: Presence is like the foundation of what you need, but it's also like the end product of how to, like, you have to get to that point somehow.
2: Mm -hmm. but if you're present then all of the things that we just talked about don't matter because those
1: things will happen automatically
0: yeah so maybe that needs to be like the foundational p (laughs) presence okay
1: Okay, world of psychology you heard it here first we're adding a p (laughs) or p's
0: (laughs) Expanded uh, conceptual framework here of creativity. So, there's actually, um I actually think there is there is another one, another framework that's like the six P's of creativity, but I'm not super familiar with it. Actually, I might even add another one. Oh, do it!
1: I love it. I think passion.
2: <gasps>
1: oh yes. person process press products passion and presence
0: there's um i found the six p's too which they add
1: (laughs) did i just say what the six p's are
0: you you said yeah and then there's another model where they've had they've added persuasion and potential which i don't know we definitely I definitely want to explore more into so in that case then we could we can pick and choose which ones we like and we'll um we'll uh have our own framework but I like wait there's a six p yeah that's what I was saying there's a there's a um (laughs) there's six p's I'm trying to figure out who who did the six p's I'm gonna have to Robert Stenberg's list of six factors that might be wait four six or twelve more pieces of okay there might be more than four I've been going I've been using the four
1: I think I think the four is like the standard yeah like agreed upon psychological
2: framework for
0: yeah four six 12 or more P's of creativity is not okay. Yeah, right. So, four P's by Mel Rhodes, 1961, in his analysis, in his book, An Analysis of Creativity. And then there are people that have added to that since then. Uh, oh, it passion is one of them, which are missing. Oh, this is cool. Okay. Purpose, passion, which includes motivation, desire, and drive, preparedness, potential, which includes talent born or acquired or developed preference for how to think and create um and personality would be lumped other under people what would you add to the list wow i didn't know you already like said some of that and it was i didn't even know that but no one said presence no one said presence that's your thing you got that (laughs) that one (laughs) <laughs> said, yeah, I think, I think this is, this is super interesting. And I, I, I'm also curious to know, uh, what else, what other P's people would add to the framework? I like, I like the, I like the potential one. Um, preparedness. That's, that kind of goes under the idea of skill from, from flow. Um, I would add.
2: Philosophy. Ooh. Because everyone has a belief system in which they act upon. Right.
0: And that 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 in an, in and of itself, especially psychologically speaking, determines mm-hmm. you know, how you would experience being a creative person then based on your beliefs.
1: Right. So philosophy and
2: principle ooh simon <laughs> <that. laughs> i think principle might fall around discipline okay
0: yeah principle preparedness maybe i like pat i'm glad you said passion and then this showing up like that's i think it's like that's the other side of it with the principle like you're saying that's the it's a vital
2: I think maybe path could be added ooh
0: now we're getting creative (laughs) (laughs) it's so good to think about precision Mm -hmm.
2: they don't even have performance on there what right really really
0: There's so many P's. All right, this is not the four P's. This is four plus 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 P's. (laughs) All
1: right, Um, I don't know where to go from here.
0: (laughs) Psychology. Oh, well, this is good because I think um, I think we've have we have we have we dove into all of the four P's. We've talked about person. We've talked about press. We've talked about process. We haven't talked about product. But product, you have something interesting to say about that. And I (laughs) want to, I have, I struggle with this one too.
1: Products is the final outcome of the creative. I I have a hard time with this one because Creativity to me is like supposed to be something that you're doing to be present, not necessarily something to sell as a final product. And when you look at creativity from a creative person or an artistic expression, if you're a performer and you Are within this framework, then you are the person. And the process is your performance or preparing for the performance.
2: Yeah, a lot of elements
1: to that. And then the final product is yourself. Right. Unless you're a part, I mean, not unless, but yeah, you're part of like a bigger picture of a product that's being put out.
0: But that gets tricky because that gets into then where is where how creative can I be as a creative individual versus being creative when it comes to other people's vision and making some some sort of product because of combined things coming together.
1: And so then like you start to think about well like what is really being creative and just because it's an artistic expression or an art form does that necessarily mean that it's creative and I don't know think about someone who has a certain character type and they're cast in the same role over and over and over and over again
2: mm-hmm. that's not the
1: really original and it's not new so it doesn't fall under the definition of creativity so yeah what is that? <laughs> what does that represent? i I don't
2: know,
0: yeah. I, I think I think, and we were talking before a little bit more about yeah, the idea of like when somebody is typecast, this idea of, you know, and this is something that really I struggle with. It frustrates me because, you know, I feel that when, a lot of people tell you to, I guess, it's sort of like playing the game. Um, A lot of people tell you that you have to get, you have to sort of play yourself or what what other people see you as, which I don't think is authentic and creative. Um, And, or that's just how you have to work this industry. And I've been told so many times that that's how you, how you have to work this industry. And like, well, you can play other things, but first you have to establish, establish yourself as this this is what you play, so that you can get. And I don't under, I don't agree with it. I don't understand fully. Um, I think it makes like I it like, makes yeah. yeah. It's
1: kind of like paying your dues to get to the point where someone who is spending lots and lots of money on a final product, such as a film, um, believes in the value of the actor enough to take a chance on them portraying a character outside of their type. Right. And I didn't want to bring this up, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, Cause I can edit it out, but I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and I came across like a post about Brendan Fraser and the whale and how like he was putting all of this prosthetics on himself in order to be this and represent this incredibly overweight
2: human and it made me really angry yeah because why couldn't
1: they have found someone who is naturally that way
2: to portray that role authentically
0: yeah um and i and that that goes right along with you know some of the um I'm trying to remember the term is it is it whitewashing that when they are that's a whole other topic in and of itself, but that you know there's a whole thing about authenticity and you know why what casting decisions are made when they could have went a different way
1: right there's like uh there's so many. Uh, narratives right now about casting people authentically, like either racially or gender wise. Um, and that just seems, that choice just seems completely contradictory to all of the narratives that are currently
2: being driven. Yeah. does it make sense the narratives that are being
1: driven like like so so we're trying to fight for like equal representation right within yeah where that might be right? right so whether it's race or gender uh we are it seems like there's a mission to make sure that people are represented in an authentic way. Yeah. And this casting Brendan Fraser in a role in which he is playing an overweight person and having to apply false on himself in order to appear that way yeah a little against
2: that whole narrative is what i'm saying yeah yeah absolutely it's a whole yeah it's i there's definitely a lot of like hypocrisy (laughs) um going on
1: and also like i can understand like it's acting and like people should be able to explore different characters and different roles and like different layers and dimensions of themselves like we were talking about earlier and being able to meet all the versions of themselves in the characters that they're playing Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't make sense within the way that the system is set up
0: (laughs) yeah Make that
2: choice
0: yeah absolutely um and I just also wanted to go back to when you were talking about like paying your dues as far as getting um (laughs) to be seen a lot I don't know why I think I don't I I feel like it's also like really heavily uh pushed upon in, in the artistic world of like, you have to pay your dues before. And what does that mean? Cause that's, that can be really dangerous. Um, it makes me think about Harvey Weinstein. It makes me think about, um, but also I looked up the definition. I, I just looked up paying your dues and I'm curious, you know, what, uh, different definitions, but from the Cam- Cambridge English dictionary, it says to earn the right to have something because you've worked hard um that Mm -hmm. takes away from it it's like it's almost then it like it it makes sense that we're questioning our worth because it's like it 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 goes it takes away that like you're naturally worthy of I don't know I'm curious what you think I I,
1: I think because of that definition of working hard we're not talking about Uh,
2: the arts as a career and a job we're talking about creativity and when you apply creativity to a job then it has a different context as if because the process
1: of being a creative person or an artistic person
2: changes depending on the environment and the final product. Mm -hmm. So when
1: you look at creativity or an art form as a
2: means to an end in a job, then the word work is applied to it.
1: When you're just in a creative flow, an artistic expression, you're in that presence, mm. then work is not relevant.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: and it goes along again with the thing of sacrifice, and I have to work hard to you know xyz um but when you like I feel like right now I feel like I've been working a lot but I don't feel like I've been working like hard where it's a struggle because I'm so I'm loving what I'm doing and I feel more like I've I can easily access that flow more so yeah I think it's it's that's a really good point too. Like when you say working hard, that almost distorts the idea that about being a creative person. Um, And again, what does that mean? Because then it creates resentment. Like I've seen this people, people get resentful then of, of people get into lack mindset and get resentful. uh, And, uh, and understandably of, you know, other people who, you know, who, who may work and, maybe younger people or who find success earlier or um
1: and it also has the possibility and the potential of something that you were really passionate about to become just something that that is a job that you don't care about anymore it wins the presence and the joy that can come from that and the 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 purpose
0: yeah well and again that goes again it goes into the thing about making money with your art and whatnot um I think that I was very wary of that for very early on before I even understood why um because there was a performing arts high school and um when I was when I was going to go to high school like there I don't know if I ever thought that I I would go. I mean, I think that I came from a performing arts, you know, elementary middle school and there was one, you know, but I, for some reason I didn't, it didn't resonate with me to to go there. And I had friends who went there and I, I have friends who loved theater and they loved it. And maybe I don't, who knows, like when you're younger maybe you explore those things and and it's not necessarily something you wanna do for your whole life and that's okay too. But, I do think that there is an element of it got sucked, the joy got sucked out of them because of that environment that it was it was intense. and there was there was things that were not good about it or fair. Um, that, yeah, you can't you can lose now it's it's not you don't come from that same place of life. And that's something I've always been very protective and very careful of is. I don't want to put pressure on my art to make me money, and I don't want to put pressure on making myself be in a really intense, I mean, I have, but I've again, been very cautious of that,
1: yeah, i've I've been in that place where I think I think all of that gets eliminated when you are in alignment with projects that you care about and you feel are within. Your realm of like purpose, because I started feeling that way whenever I would go on auditions and it would be for like a commercial or something. And I'm like, this isn't in alignment with me. And I just feel like this doesn't fulfill my purpose. And I don't know why I would go on auditions for projects that I don't care about. And like, there are people who do that, and that's totally fine that they do that but it's just not for me because it's not in alignment with myself and even as like a voice actor which i've been doing for years now as like a living i'll come across projects and i'll accept them and in the middle of it i'll get really frustrated because they're not in alignment with my belief systems or they're not something that i want to represent but right. i've ex- job so I have to like follow through with the projects in order to get paid and survive right so but it's made me like really conscious of the projects that now I let myself be attached to
0: yeah yeah absolutely and you know I I have to say too um I think similar to your experience i i've because I, I was in a place too where i just felt like i had to to say yes to anything to get experience um and also i think the the idea that sort of if you don't have representation or you don't have credits under your names and you just need to get something just somebody take you on somebody whatnot and it just takes away i felt really like disconnected from it And again, it goes into that, it slips into that mindset where I'm like, oh, do you really want this? You, maybe you don't deserve it because all these other people are willing to do whatever for it. But, um, I think it, it just, it's, it's a reminder of like that if you don't feel aligned with something, like there's a reason and you're, you are a hundred percent, no matter where you are in your career, like this whole idea of paying your dues, it's like, it, it, I think there's, there's a different idea to being like, okay, like, you know, you're intentional about something, you're patient, you, you, you learn things, you, you, you know, develop the skill set like all those things. It's very different idea than like paying your dues, which kind of feels like you have to put yourself in crappy and uncomfortable situations and unsafe situations sometimes in order to, to be successful. And that's not okay that we think that way, or I have to take, I have to find anybody that will just take me. I mean, what does that do to your like wor- the idea of self-worth as a person like just somebody just take me on like what about what I have to that offer and
1: and on the other side of that like not feeling in alignment with accepting a job in which you're just like a cog and you have no real purpose and it's just like part of you know the treadmill of this society and keeping it going and there's, you have to like, it's sometimes like you've, you have to choose one or the other. It's like choose to be miserable in a regular job that's not artistic or creative, or choose to be around an environment that you could love if you were able to pursue.
2: Ooh,
1: pursue is another key.
2: Ooh. Um,
1: pursue your passions. Hey, sorry, the- <laughs> I have a piece now. <laughs> At play, too. All right, keep going. Pursue. Pursue. So it's like, would you rather be close to an art form that you're really passionate about, <laughs> and not be really able to access it? right which yeah or being a job happy yeah mindless and doesn't require any kind of brain power but allows you to dream and think about
2: all the things that you do want to do with your creativity yeah yeah it's not a (laughs) there's advantages and disadvantages to both things
0: but maybe we don't have to choose. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of where we're trying to shift the paradigm too. Is that you don't have to sacrifice? Um, I'm getting very like, I'm feeling more and more. The more we talk about this, I get more heated. I get more stubborn. I feel, I feel like there are ways that people, and and from their own place, you know of you know, they've they've dealt with this and they don't they they think that they're being helpful by telling us, hey, this is the way it is. And it's good to have that awareness, but I feel like there's a there's a part in me that's really fighting and being like, I understand you're telling me that the way that this has been, but I'm not okay with it just goes back to when we talk about creativity.
1: Like not okay with it remaining this way. So we're trying to change the paradigm of the serving artist archetype. So the only way we're going to be able to change that is to find value within ourselves. Yes. So that we can help other people, other artists, other artists and creatives are going to have to find value within themselves in order to change this, in order to change the process, in order to change the press, to change the final products. Yeah. To want to be a part of the final product.
0: Right, right. And it's, I'm I'm feeling now that what's held me back more than anything has been, one, not trusting myself, two, um, not having a strong sense of worth, worthiness that we're all born with and entitled to, and three, just all of the shame that has been sitting there that I didn't even like wasn't even aware of from all these years of conditioning of cultural conditioning that um that I'm having to now work through and break through and be like no I it's okay like I this is who I am I I have a voice and I have I am scared I'm I'm very I'm seeing where that blocks are showing up and being scared to be seen for who I am because it's gonna it's that not everybody's good like that's what it that's what I think I was trying to say before is like that's where that place is as being an artist and and anyone but in in being an artist you're being vulnerable and you're you're have you're asked to go to that place to be raw and seen for who you are all the time and you have to have the awareness that there's going to be criticism and people aren't going to like it and it's okay because for whatever reason it doesn't take away from your worthiness as a person it doesn't take away from your value as an artist um so i think that's the work it's the work on ourselves when we show when we see ourselves differently we're going to experience life and being an artist differently
1: yeah, I think we might need to do a part two on this episode because we haven't even touched upon yes. <laughs> so many things, such as social media, uh, which is a huge component of a product uh, in creativity and all of the things that we're discussing right now. So I think it would be wise if we take some time to allow this to breathe
0: (laughs) and we can come back with a part two on the four plus (laughs) four p's and counting (laughs) of creativity and add in social media
1: totally and if you think of a p if you're listening and you think of a p that we haven't thought of please Uh i know i was thinking that
0: pretty please (laughs) (laughs) please let us know let us know And um, yeah, with that being said, I think we'll see you next time. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Until next time.